Is that something that I can bring awareness to and help improve how I'm feeling? Because that ultimately helps improve how you're showing up throughout your day for yourself, for others, how you're going about your business. And at the end of the day, that's what we all care about really deeply, right? Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Nourished and Thriving Show. I'm your host, Katie Lovett. I'm a registered dietitian on a mission to help you increase your impact and legacy on the world while healing your gut and reducing your IBS symptoms. I'm so grateful to have you here. Each week, I'll inspire you to live vibrantly and provide valuable resources and information that empowers you to take bold action towards your health goals. Before we dive in, make sure you follow or subscribe to my show wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. Ready? Let's go. So I posted a post on Instagram this week and it was 60 gluten-free and dairy-free snack ideas. And they were some really good ideas. And I got so many saves and shares on that post and it's only been up I think at this point for like a day, um, I've gotten a ton of interaction. Like you guys are going bananas over this. And it's so funny to me because it always seems like the information that you can find anywhere is the information that people really respond to. I'm like, this is not hard to come up with these ideas, but I think it really is, you know, for you guys, especially you can feel really overwhelming, maybe all of that. So y'all have been eating that up so to speak. Um, But I wanted to talk some about the topic of snacking. And it's been actually an episode. This has been an episode I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, Snacking is so common in our society. I think it was kind of like beat over our heads for a while. I don't even remember exactly when it started, but I know when I was in high school and like really starting to carry about, care, care about, carry about, care about, my body and my weight and my size and metabolism and being fit, all of those things. It was like the beach body era, right? Um, snacking was really, really promoted. And even in nutrition school, whenever I was learning to be a dietitian, you guys have kind of heard about my experience with nutrition school. Um, you know, it was really taught to you eat three meals and two snacks a day or eat five to six mini meals. Um, that was even in like the workout, you know, groups that were, I was, I was never an athlete. I'm not competitive with anyone except myself. Um, I'm like an individual athlete. Like I was never on teams or anything, but I was always at the gym and, uh, snacking and mini meals. It was all over every magazine. It was what everyone taught. I even had a friend, um, a f- actually a few friends doing, um, like beauty competitions, um, and their trainers were telling them all of that. And the thought was to stoke your metabolism, right? Like every time you eat, there's this, um, thermal effect of food. And so whenever you're eating, it stokes that metabolism and makes you burn more calories. And, you know, I think that we're moving away from that. I hope a little bit, you know, we're moving more into like a time-based eating. It's so funny to look at, like, I'm kind of in it, right. As a dietitian, but it's really interesting to me to just observe these food trends and eating trends and nutrition trends and health trends as they kind of come and go, right? Like things go out of style. They come back into style. It's just like clothes. Maybe that's the connection. I love fashion and clothing too. So maybe that's the connection between nutrition and fashion. (laughs) 
Um, but you know, we're kind of moving away from that a little bit into more of this like time-based eating, eating, intermittent fasting, all of that. And I wanted to talk about timing and eating and snacking and gut health today with you guys. So we're not going to cover every single thing on this topic. You never can. Like, I'd love to hear your additional thoughts and comments, anything else you'd like me to add to this conversation, any other questions you have, but we're going to dig into snacking when it's helpful, when it's maybe not helpful, um, why, and then we're actually this, I'm adding this in a little bit as I'm talking, because I think it'll round it out a little bit because I just talked about it is a little bit of time-based eating and intermittent fasting mingled in with all of this. So it's going to be great. So snacking, ah, the snack, who doesn't love a good snack, right? I think snacking can be okay. You know, sometimes intentionally, right? Like if you know, it's going to be a long time before you can eat again. And we learned this, like an in intuitive eating. If you've done an intuitive eating course, I have done some training in intuitive eating, um, as well, you know, like you can plan ahead and be like, well, I know I'm going to be on this long commute or in this long meeting or at this situation. And I'm not going to be able to eat dinner when I normally eat dinner. And I'm going to be super hungry. A snack is a great type of situation. Snacks are good for kids because they're growing fast, you know, all of that. But honestly, snacking for adults tends to be not the healthiest options a lot of the time, right? They tend to be pretty carb heavy, um, like naked carbs where you're just grabbing an apple or grabbing a piece of fruit. I think that's kind of like on the better end of the spectrum of snacks, right? Um, or you're grabbing a bar of some sort, which may or may not be full of like sugar and um, artificial ingredients and stuff that your body may have more of an inflammatory response to. Um, it's really it be challenging to have a really nutritionally balanced snack because a lot of the time you are sitting down snack or you're not sitting down to eat or snacking on the go. And that also sets you up for digestive issues, right? We've talked about like how important it is to sit down and relax and chew your food and all of that. Well, if you're grabbing a granola bar on the way to the car, you know, the pickup line, that's probably, you're not eating probably super intentionally with that, right? You're not chewing your food those 30 times per bite. You're not in a state to really receive that meal. Oftentimes we're multitasking or doing things while we're snacking, all of that. So that is one reason where I'm like, meh, snacks, I just feel like tend to be inferior in quality, both in the type of food that you're eating and how you're eating your food. <clears throat> so another issue that I have with snacks, I guess I could say is SIBO. <laughs> Let's just like get it out there. SIBO. I think whenever, well, I know, and science has shown us and physiologically speaking, it makes sense. Whenever you are eating more frequently, you are not allowing your migrating motor complex, the MMC, um, to have a chance to go in and do its job. So what in the world is an MMC? What is a migrating motor complex? I bet a lot of you haven't heard of it unless you've done a lot of SIBO learning or we've been working together, all of that. 
Um, so the migrating motor complex, the analogy I like to use is think about the street sweep. Okay. So like there's the street sweeper and it has the bristles and it's going and it's pushing things out away from the curb and up into the truck, right? So you have debris along the road, you have gravel and glass and trash or whatever. Um, and it's kind of like vacuuming it up basically up into the truck. <clears throat> the MMC is like that for your gut. So um, if you've ever eaten and then about 60 to 90 minutes after you've eaten, just felt kind of like movement in your intestines, that is your MMC or have like some little gurgling or just digestive noises. That is your MMC working. It takes effect about 60 to 90 minutes after eating. And it just kind of brushes. If you're watching this on YouTube, it just brushes all of the debris um, downward. So any food that got left behind any microbes that either came down from your mouth or kind of accidentally got moved up from your large intestine while you were digesting your food that has now kind of gotten displaced into the small intestine, that MMC just pushes everything downward to make sure that you're not having things sitting for a long time where they shouldn't be. So if you are eating frequently, you're not really giving that MMC a good chance to take action because, okay, well, if you're eating every hour and a half, which if you're eating five to six mini meals a day, how are you not eating every hour and a half, right? So let's say you have um, breakfast at 8 a.m., lunch at 12. Well, that would be like eating, you know, somewhere in between then and then dinner at five or six, you're eating somewhere in between then. So like your MMC is barely having a chance to kick in if it even is, um, between those meals and those snacks. Does that make sense? So, you know, you're really possibly setting yourself up for SIBO. Now I'm not saying this is not a good idea for every single person. I already went over some situations where snacking is a good idea. If you're not going to be able to eat a meal for a while, if you're a very, very active person, if you're a younger person and you're still growing, like, you know, those snacks can be helpful. But if you are here listening to this podcast, chances are you're not a teenager. Maybe I have a few teenagers listening in, but you're probably not a teenager. You're probably not like a student athlete. Uh, you're probably done like growing vertically and, um, you probably have some gut issues <laughs> because that's what we talk about on this podcast, right? So if you're already struggling with gut health, if you're already struggling with digestion and bloating and gas and constipation and diarrhea, like any of those things, and you're eating like every so often, or even just mindlessly grazing mama's as you're making your kids lunches and you're just like, oh, well, there's a little cracker. I'm just going to eat that. Or you're cleaning up lunch plates or breakfast plates. And there's just a couple of bites of food here and there that counts too as kind of as a snack, right? You know, you're not doing yourself any favor by taking a little bite of those things here and there. Um, put it all together on a plate, stick it in the fridge, save it for another meal or snack for your kids, save it for yourself for your next eating occasion, but don't just like pop it into your mouth without thinking about it. Um, so that is the snacking part of it. Let me know what other questions you guys, I kind of feel like I just went on this like rampage of against snacking and why it's horrible. That's not the case. <laughs> I don't have a vendetta out against snacks. I just don't think that they're super helpful. I don't think they're super balanced most of the time. And I do think that they can increase your digestive symptoms. Okay. So those are kind of like, that's like my beef with snacks basically. 
um, that we did talk about some times where they make sense. Um, let's talk about time-based eating and intermittent fasting. It has been trendy for a few years and I feel like it's like coming back around again. Like it kind of peaked. I don't know. I think at first became like more trendy, like 2018 ish. Cause I remember my middle kid was a baby and I was hearing a lot about it, um, back then. And it's kind of stayed around, but I feel like it's peaked even more, more recently. Um, so they're actually two different things. I think a lot of people say intermittent fasting and they actually are referring to time-based eating. Okay. Intermittent fasting is technically like fasting for long period, longer periods of time intermittently. So, um, if you are doing like, like a common one is like a five, two where you're eating normally for five days and then doing a 24 hour fast two days out of the week. Um, and that 20, you know, 24 to 36 hour fast. So if it's a 24 hour fast, you're eating dinner and then you're not eating until dinner again the next day. So you're not even going one full day without a meal. You're just like only eating one meal during that day. It's not intended to reduce calories, but it does, right? Because most people are not going to eat their whole day's worth of calories in one meal. Um, but then you have the time-based eating and that is more, um, you know, what you guys are probably used to hearing called intermittent fasting. And that is like the 14, let me think 14, eight. Can I do math? It's four. No, 14, 10. There we go. 16, eight, 14, 10, 12, 12, like those numbers, um, is more of the time-based eating. So I firstly recommend every single person, unless you have an underlying medical condition that prevents you from doing this, I really encourage you to work to implement a 12 hour digestive rest overnight, every single night. So you're done eating by 6 PM. You don't eat again until 6 AM. You're done eating by 7 PM. You don't eat again until 7 AM, you know? So that just allows your body to have some digestive rest, right? That rest and digest, um, but rest and digestive rest. And you're doing a lot of bodily repair overnight. So if your body think I always explain it like this, like if your body is using a lot of its blood supply at night to digest food, cause you had a lot of snacks or late dinner or whatever, right before bed, your body's not able to go in and use that blood supply and those nutrients to go repair other things overnight that need repair to go clean up and take care of things that need to be taken care of. It's breaking down food still. So that 12 hours of digestive rest overnight is something I think everyone can do. So if you're not doing that, start there, right? Start there. It, it'll help, um, you know, just give your body a little bit of a break, give your digestive system a chance to just chill out for a little bit, not be working constantly. And there's a lot of benefit to that. So give that a try. And then if you are already doing that and are curious about 
doing longer fasting windows overnight and doing more, um, bigger, like time-based eating things, there's some benefit to it. And, um, so like one of those is reducing weight, reducing insulin resistance, something that as we move into more middle age, um, and like postmenopausal, if you're women, all of that, um, you know, insulin resistance is a real concern and weight gain and metabolic syndrome. And you just start seeing a lot of the chronic illnesses kind of start to show up, you know, where maybe they're kind of the seeds have been planted for them for decades, but they're kind of starting to sprout out of the ground. You guys know, I love a good gardening example, uh, metaphor. So, you know, it's, there's definitely some interest there for all of that. And and with good reason, there's some good, some good research behind time-based eating for all of those things. The big question though, is women, <laughs> what, what do women need? Most of the studies have been done on men. And so, um, we have a pretty good understanding of the benefits of time-based eating and more fasting for men, but a lot of the research is really gray for women. And I'm not going to go into all of that today. Cause that's not like the main focus of this discussion. Um, the bigger focus is the snacking, giving your migrating motor complex a chance to kick in between eating occasions during the day and 12 hours of digestive rest overnight. Um, but if you're curious about expanding that overnight fast to 14 or 16 hours, you know, look into it and see if it might be a good fit for you. It can help, you know, reduce some insulin resistance. It can help boost some autophagy, which is killing off of some of these older, not functioning as efficiently cells, all of that. Um, I will say, watch it because I had a client that I worked with a few months ago now, and she's really into biohacking was doing a lot. And she was doing these like 16, eight windows where she was fasting for 16 hours overnight and then eating during an eight hour time span during the day. So first of all, if you're doing that, you need to make sure that your eating occasions are still about three hours apart to reduce your risk of SIBO and make sure that you're, you know, you know, giving your digestive function the best chance possible, I guess is the best way to say it. So she was doing these eight hour eating windows a day and she was getting so, she's very physically fit, active, all of that. She was getting so hungry that what was happening was she was eating really quickly and she ultimately was eating too much in one eating occasion and felt really bloated and was struggling to digest her food. She wasn't chewing her food really well and it was causing a lot of digestive symptoms for her. So we played, a, we, we did a few things, but one of the things that we did was playing around with her fasting and eating windows. And we ended up just bumping her down a little bit to where she was doing instead of a 16 hour fast overnight, a 14 hour fast, um, and a 10 hour eating window during the day. And that helped so much. So before, like she would say she was eating, you know, like a whole, it's not that big, but I mean, it's decent size, like a cauliflower crust or gluten-free pizza, like for lunch or dinner. I can't remember which meal she's eating the whole thing. And, um, by increasing her eating time during the day, she was able to not feel quite so ravenous whenever she started to eat. She was able to slow down. She was able to chew her food better 
And she actually ended up eating less of that pizza because she was slowing down and her brain actually had that 30 minutes to recognize those fullness cues from her stomach and all of that. So, um, that was one situation where an, a longer eating window during the day actually helped her, um, feel better. Um, and actually maybe ends up having her eat less during the day, which if that's, you know, a goal of yours, that's something to consider. So I hope this was helpful for you guys. Don't hate me for like hating on the snacks. <laughs> I know people get very attached to their snacks, but really consider it, you know, and really think about, is that something I'm doing? Am I mindlessly grazing during the day, you know, with, without realizing it, because it's mindless, right? Is that something that I can bring awareness to and help improve how I'm feeling? Because that ultimately helps improve how you're showing up throughout your day for yourself, for others, how you're going about your business. And at the end of the day, that's what we all care about really deeply, right? So y'all have an awesome one and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode. I hope you are feeling inspired and empowered to take bold action towards your health goals. If you enjoy what you heard, don't forget to follow my show so you never miss a new episode. And it would mean the world to me if you left me a review so others knew what to expect from my show. Last, get in touch. Let me know what bold action you're taking. Let me know how you're inspired. Follow me on Instagram at the underscore healthy gut underscore dietitian. I've put a link in my show notes for you so you can simply click and follow. Come say hi. I respond to all my messages and I can't wait to get in touch.